Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to this super D duper special episode on Sunday evening. The time. 808 on the East Coast, 508 on the left coast, and I want to know what everybody else wants to know, and that is, what in the hell are the Democrats smoking in Georgia? Because I think they've laced their pecans with cocaine, LSD, and any other number of drugs, because they think that some radical left, Jeremiah right-loving, Farrakhan-blowing, Democrat Party platform-loving idiot is going to beat Miss Leffler. And the more these people are exposed, the less appealing they're going to become even to that five-county metro area there in Atlanta that they truly need to even have a competitive shot in the state of Georgia. And so part of the concern that Democrats have, and even the candidates that come out and this, is that they can't afford for Chuck Schumer to control the narrative in the state of Georgia. And I got to tell you, I agree with them. I think that they have a big problem in the state of Georgia, and they recognize it, but they also have a bigger problem. They have a bigger problem in the state of West Virginia because Mitch McConnell, whom is a a very tried-and-true politician, who knows how to negotiate, who knows how to get things that he needs is just a stone's throw away from getting Manchin to flip parties. And if Manchin flips parties, lo and behold, they got trouble. And yes, it's still going to be a 53-47 split, but there's bigger implications there, okay? Because there are several senators coming up in the midterms that have to be concerned. Okay, in the House of Representatives, we are literally less than 10 seats away from flipping the House, okay? So, well... Let's be let's be realistic. With all the races out there still left to be called, um, we are we are thirteen away from thirteen with a couple of independents. But the the sense that most people are beginning to feel is that win, lose, or draw with the presidential election, 
we are setting ourselves up for a an interesting midterm and b an interesting four years from now and while i'm going to talk about the presidential and what's going on i want to focus on some other things because the news has been browbeating everything you could possibly think in regards to the presidential so i want to talk about some stuff that's not really getting a lot of airplay uh, some groups have it in one of our groups. I know it's been mentioned uh, in another group that we've got. It's not been mentioned on Ragtag. We've not mentioned it. And that is what are the moves that's being made by the various parties. So let's talk about Stacey Abrams. Stacey Abrams has been a public figure now for the last two years for the Democratic Party. And why are they keeping her in the limelight? They're keeping her in the limelight because they think they're going to put her up for governor in Georgia again. And they believe that they've kind of solidified her base in, again, that five-county metro area and down near Augusta, that they feel like just by the sheer number of votes alone in those six, uh, six and a half counties, that they might be able to swing the whole state. And what you're going to see them push for, and the Republicans would be smart to push back on, is that mail-in voting crap. Because the strength of the Democratic Party comes from that mail-in voting, because then you've got dead people voting, you've got, um, you have uh, people that's not registered voting, you have people that have never even existed voting. You mean you don't think that we're going to learn our lesson after this election on mail-in voting? I think that they're going to try and allow they're going to try and allow for the narrative to be controlled in a different in a different sense. And state by state, it's going to be a little different. But in a lot of these states, they're going to allow the narrative to be controlled by the media and by the left. As a matter of fact, you've already seen it start in Wisconsin, Michigan, Pennsylvania, Georgia, uh, even Florida has begun. But Florida is going to be, Florida and Georgia are going to be a lot tougher because Florida and Georgia both are controlled by Republicans all the way through. Uh, even a lot of the news outlets in those states uh, tend to lean to the right. Uh, even some of those affiliates, you know, ABC, CBS, uh, their local correspondents and whatnot do tend to lean to the right in a lot of those markets. So it's not a, it's not a foregone conclusion in those areas. But in places like Michigan, where the, the left controls more than the Republicans, like in the Michigan House, we control both chambers. We control the Senate and the legislature. We don't control the governor's mansion. We control most of the mayors. Um, Michigan's going to be a little bit different ball of wax. Wisconsin, same thing, going to be a little bit different ball of wax. Um, how do you fight this? You've got to win the talking points. And the long-term talking points by the Republican Party, at least, and, and I will say this, at least... Um, the Republican Party is sticking to their guns and saying, look, there's a bunch of irregularities out there that we need to look at. Mail-in voting is ripe for fraud. 
And I think what they need to do in most of these states, and and I would love to see it happen. I'm not going to swear it's going to happen, but I would love to see it happen. And that is that (laughs) they tell people, look, it's great if you want a ballot, you want to fill it out at home in the safety of your own home, great, but you're going to have to request an absentee ballot. And when you do that, you cut down on a lot of the fraud. And I think that's what states need to go to. California, you know, they were told on Friday by their court, their state Supreme Court, that the way they handled the mail-in balloting was illegal and against the law in that state. So a lot of uh, states are going to have to really take a look at it. Pennsylvania is another one that basically violated the law with all these mail-in ballots. And the courts, and, and I'm just going to tell y'all, y'all, this is not popular. And, you know, we've, I've had a few people private message me calling me every name in the book for this, but they do have the right to be wrong. And I've told them that, um, the courts will not. And if I need to spell that out for everybody, I'll be glad to, will not overturn the results of this election. Not going to do it based on mail-in ballots. Okay. Now, before everybody gets their knickers in a twist, I didn't say anything about illegal stuff. I'm just saying because of the mail-in ballots, they're not going to overturn the election. What they will do is they will say, going forward, this you cannot do unless you change the law. And the second clause of the Constitution is very clear. leaves it up to the state legislatures to set the law and the policy, not these damned election commissions and not governors without the legislature's approval. They are very clear about that. Okay? And that's the fight we need to be fighting. Okay, we control 28 governors' mansions, or excuse me, 28 legislatures, legislative bodies, in full. That means the upper and the lower chamber. We control one chamber or more in an additional five. Okay, so we control either the upper chamber or the lower chamber in five other states. Okay. This next cycle, it is not going to be the most important election of our lifetime. That's already happened. (coughs) Excuse me. But the next two years will define where this country goes. Okay. And why is it the next two years? Number one, redistricting. Okay. Redistricting is going to be paramount in California. It's going to be paramount in Texas, in Florida, in New York, in Pennsylvania, because in Pennsylvania, you realize they got rid of a Republican there by districting him out. But now the Republicans control both chambers there, and they can fix, because the courts are not allowed to create electoral maps. And if you recall, that's what happened in Pennsylvania. And the judge said, look, this map stays in place till the next count. Well, that count has happened. And the Census Bureau has released some information. So let me tell you what they've released. They found that in New York City, Philadelphia, uh, all of California, uh, Houston, and several other areas that their population has decreased in some cases, by as much as 12%. 
and they're spreading out across the country. A lot of people are going to Texas. Um, before everybody starts getting worried about Texas, Texas is nowhere near turning blue. Okay, I don't want anybody to worry about that. Not going to happen anytime soon. Okay, a lot of the people that voted blue in Texas this cycle have only been there for one cycle. Remember, it takes them usually a cycle or two to change their politics. Okay, so you will see a lot of those. A lot of those people will shift their politics. You just have to let them. Uh, yes, to where they need to be. So Mark has told me he's only on here for a few minutes because he's on his lunch break. Mark, do you have anything you want to add before you take off? All right. Huh? All right, I'm going to assume not. If Mark breaks in, Mark Mark can break in because he has to go back to what he's doing here in just a few minutes. But So the Census Bureau is actually releasing some information, and two things struck me about some of the data that they've compiled. Number one, less people are identifying as Democrats. Few more are identifying as Republicans, or as, excuse me, as independents and remember what I tell you. And all you have to do is look at this election cycle to tell there is no such thing as an independent and that all independents are wishy-washy um, because that shows. Okay, well, I don't see it that way, but that's okay. That's fine. Okay, I will tell you that there is no... Why would you describe American citizens as wishy-washy? Because they are. There is no such thing in politics as an independent. It, it just it doesn't happen. Well, I think that we'd be really good to abolish political parties. I think that um, would eliminate a whole lot of the problems in this country that we're having. You could get rid of the label, but you're not going to get rid of the ideas. And the ideas is what makes things... Well, no, no. I, I don't disagree there. I mean, you know, I guess that we're so stuck in this country on labels that somebody's going to have to be labeled something or it's just you're wishy-washy. See, I don't, I don't buy into that. And I think that a whole lot of problems would be fixed if we took the founder, founding father's advice originally and shied away from political parties because they knew this, this kind of stuff would go on. And in, in, the, in the history of the republic, we've had multiple political parties. We have multiple political parties now. And, you know, it's just the way it is. There are several of them that's never going to have any power. They try. Um, the two-party system, as we know it, will go away. Um, probably not in any of our lifetimes, but it will go away, and it will be replaced with a different mantle. It happens every so many generations. It has happened. But here's the... Here's the thing, okay, and, and I don't want to get too far into this, but I always like pointing this out. As a political strategist or a campaign strategist, whichever way you want to look at it, the greatest thing that a person can tell me is they're independent. I love hearing that because that tells me right there that they are the easiest person to sway because they have no bedrock, okay, and I can sway those people. I love hearing that. When I hear, 
when I look at the voter but roll... But maybe you need to understand why people are independent. Well, they're, they're, the, term in, the term in itself is a false term when it comes to politics. That, that does not even... It's not even true in the term independent. But that I'm going to do a show on that. I've said multiple times I'm going to do a show specifically on that, and I am going to. As a matter of fact, Barbara, write that down, and one of our shows coming up, we're going to have that discussion, and we're going to include all of that and how a political team looks at things and why we love to hear the term, I'm an independent. Because an independent, a person that claims to be independent, is the most easily swayed individual in this entire country. You can make an independent believe anything because they don't have a bedrock, and it can be done. I could take a conservative right now, a person that claims to be anti-government, anti-food stamps, anti-everything, and I guarantee you within a day I will have them ready to vote for my guy who believes in giving food stamps to everybody, Medicare for all, um, free college, and everybody get a stipend every month for $3,000. Well, that just means you're a good salesperson. I could do it, and I guarantee it. Okay? But that just no. means you're a good salesperson. That doesn't mean, listen, as an independent voter who isn't wishy-washy, I will tell you straight up that the reason I choose not to be a part of a political party is because I do not believe in buying into any one side because that means selling out a part of myself. Let me explain. I, there are areas on both sides of the aisle that I agree with. Now, I'm mainly right-leaning. I am definitely a conservative when it comes to pro-life and all those other things. But when it comes to people that are struggling and poor and so forth, you, we've had these discussions from previous shows. So I'm just trying to give you a feel for it isn't always about being wishy-washy or a weakling. It is about seeing positive things out of both agendas in certain instances out of both sides. That's all it is. So, you know, I used, to, I used to joke about it and say I'm a liberal conservative and a conservative um, Democrat. That was, you know, depending on who I was talking to. <laughs> All right. So, now let me... But, but, I, don't, but I don't see where that... You may, it's almost as if that person is just so easily brought into your... under your umbrella, so to speak, or you know, whatever it is, because you say, there's no solid foundation. I don't think you can get a more solid foundation than standing up for what you truly believe. Oh, so. I, and, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go back to what we're here to talk about, but I will, I will say this. It, it has very little to do with a salesperson, okay? And it is true. I could sell an anchor to a drowning man. I, I, I will admit to that, okay? Because, listen, a pistol-packing politic and preacher, oh, yeah, I, I could sell it. I can sell you salvation and then give you the anchor to help you get there quicker. But. Well, um, excuse me. Excuse me. Excuse me. Yeah, Barbara. Well, Jill, Jill, what's your definition of an independent? Someone who doesn't buy in. To me, in order to buy into a political party, I have to sell out to a part of myself. 
because like I said, there are areas on both sides of the aisle. Can you let me, let me finish it? There's, both, there's issues, things on both sides of the aisle, arguments from both sides of the aisle that I either agree with or empathize with, one of the two. How's that for putting it, I guess, mildly? So I lean right. I am, more, I am a conservative voter, but when it comes to the issues, but there are areas in which I struggle because of, you know, things such as food stamps or things such as, you know, helping the poor and that, that type of thing, okay? So just, just so that you're aware. And know what, I mean, that, that's kind of where I stand. And, you know, it's kind of like saying everybody that's a Democrat is a racist because that was the party that ushered it in. <laughs> I don't believe that either. Malachi wanted me to tell you guys that he could sell nunchucks to a nun named to a nun named Chuck. Well, tell him I could sell a vacuum cleaner to somebody with a dirt floor. <laughs> um, that would be my. Anyway, the point. I always, the point is. I've always thought of. I've always thought of ahead, independents who couldn't make up their mind. Um, nope. No, a lot, nope. of, a lot of independents, a lot of independents have to have their mind made up for them, and so you just give them a pack of Kool Aid <laughs> and add water. That's how that works. <laughs> but, and, ay, ay, ay. and politically, listen, and 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 I actually attended a roundtable one time where we were we were uh, at a symposium, and I got asked that very question about independence because um, James Carville had been talking about it out in the hallway before we sat down and, and they asked James, they're like, okay, which voter do you like the best? And he goes, independence. And they asked him why. And they said, and I quote, all you have to do is hand them a packet. All you have to do is hand them a packet of coffee and just add water. And so the person that was giving us that analysis, or the person that was asking us questions kind of looked at him like he was stupid. And he said, well, he said, it's like this. He said, the Democrats already drink the coffee I'm selling. Okay. The Republicans aren't going to drink the coffee I'm selling because they want a specialty coffee that I ain't offering. He said, independents will drink the coffee if I just add water. And so the analogy behind that is, is that all he has to do is he gives them the platform. He tells them what to believe, and then he makes them believe it. And so, and you know, everybody, there was about 13 different strategists from all different state level, federal level. Um, one guy I think had never run anything higher than a mayoral race and that's all he wanted to do. And he traveled around the country running mayor's races and how the hell he made money doing that. I, to this day, do not know. Uh, but all of us on that platform, Democrats, Republicans, and I think there was one dude that was confused. He was with the confused party. He must have been an independent. Uh, anyway, we all said that people that label themselves as independents were the best ones to deal with. And, you know, again, I'm kind of sidetracked because I didn't really want to go down this travel road. But uh, at the end of the day, that's just the way it is, and that's, you know, that's how political strategists see it. Now, of course, the independent thinks that, you know, otherwise, and that's okay. Um, Jill is a little more opinionated than most. 
And so we'll give <laughs> we'll give Jill that. Um, that's not a critique either, Jill. I'm just simply putting it out there. Um, now, having said all that, um, I will I will say this. Um, why why is this discussion? Why why are we even having this discussion? And it it's simply like this. We are entering into a realm uh, in the upcoming weeks that we are going to have to uh, make some decisions about how we proceed. I've got some ideas on how we should proceed. The country has some ideas. Uh, Trump and his bunch have some ideas. Um, but from a from a stri- strictly political point of view, as far as on the ground, how do we maneuver this so that we can take advantage of what I like to call President Trump getting screwed, um, what are the what are the steps that we need to take? And that's why we come up to this whole independent thing, okay? And just for the record, being an independent or claiming to be an independent is a label within itself. Just wanted to point that out there. Um, now, what are we going to do in the in the coming weeks? So let's look at it from two perspectives. One, let's look at let's look at it as if the presidential election is over. Biden's getting sworn in on January the twentieth, and that's the way it's going to go. Um, how do we proceed? One, as Republicans, we start ground to ground working on these state legislatures and working on people to say, look, we want elections in this country to have integrity and to be important and people to trust them. So how do we do that? And the thing is, we have the mechanisms in place for this to be free elections where everybody has an opportunity that legally is eligible to do so to vote. And we've got multiple ways for them to vote. We have, in most states, early voting. Okay? You can't make it on the poll. You don't want to go on a busy day. Go early vote. Okay? If you're going to be out of town or, you know what, I'm just not really wanting to go to the polls because of COVID and the flu and really and truly most people stink because they don't bathe before they go vote because they're independent. They don't have to bathe. Um, I'm just kidding about that. But in in all seriousness, there are absentee ballots. And listen, you can give any damn reason for an absentee ballot and get it. So the argument of, oh, well, they won't give me one is garbage. Um, those, you have to prove who you are. You have to make sure your address matches on the on the voter rolls, blah, 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 as it should. Okay, and then there's election day. You show up and you vote. Simple as that. Okay, um, we don't need to add massive mail-out ballots to everybody. That's just the Democrats' way to steal an election. And and here's the the more important thing to that: to try and prop up the postal service. Okay, if there's any organization that is outdated and outlived its usefulness, it is the United States Postal Service. Okay, number one. Uh, Number two, so 
and and me personally, and this is going to probably miss a few people, but I would be I would even be uh, one of those that would advocate for getting rid of early voting. Um, I've never liked early voting. Now I will admit, since Tennessee went to early voting and Arkansas went to early voting, I have only voted on election day in person one time. Okay. So I'd be a hypocrite if I said I haven't utilized that service. I would just simply put out there that it would be one of those services that I would do away with. Now, a lot of people would disagree with that. but And there's really no – there's not a lot of opportunity for fraud with early voting in states that have ID laws. Uh, number two, how do you solve – another way that you solve the problem you require every American citizen, whom, by the way, under the Miranda decision of the Supreme Court, is required to have on their person and present upon request to law enforcement and other agencies a photo identification. Anyone in this country above the age of 18 is required to have a photo ID. Okay? Don't believe me? Go look it up. So if you are required to have a photo ID, number one, number two, you have to have that photo ID to get into the courthouse. You have to have that photo ID to cash a check, go to the bank, to open accounts, any other number of things. So my question is, why is it so complicated for... Generally, people in democratic areas and heavily minority populations do have ID. Okay? So the federal government is mandating that if you want to get on an airplane in this country by October of 2021, you must have this wonderful little thing called a uh, federal ID sticker on your driver's license. Okay? It is a star in most states. It's a gold star, and you have to have it. And really and truly, it's not that complicated to get. Uh, I originally thought when it was coming out that you would have to go through all kinds of hoops. You really don't um, to get it or have a passport. So, again, I come back to why is it so complicated to present your ID and make sure that your ID matches, which the laws require. Um, the law requires that you present those and that the addresses match. Because in some states, if you get pulled over and your address doesn't match your driver's license, they can take your vehicle. Like in some states, we get pulled over and don't have insurance. They can take your vehicle, which you're required to have what? A driver's license number to get insurance. So I really honestly think that if we took just a few of those simple steps, we solve our voter ID problem, number one. And number two, we pretty much stop the Democrats in their tracks because very few of them would ever have, would ever have, um, the numbers they needed 
push it back in. And then I'll do whatever I can to fix it. All right. Um, that's, that's one of the things. I, there's a bunch of others I could go into. I won't, but I could. I'm going to open it up now for everybody to go around and talk about things that, that they've had interest in talking about or something that they've wanted to discuss because I know that it's been a little bit since we've done one of these things. So, Barbara, okay. take it around. Uh, Jill has quit the group. <laughs> Hear me? Jill did what? He, he quit the group. He quit the group? Her post, her post on Messenger. You really couldn't keep from showing your ass repeatedly, could you? If your ego is so big that you can't handle an alternative idea, then I don't want to be a part of your program. I'm not in the mood to being indoctrinated by anyone. Oh, God. Okay. Well, don't let the door kick her in the butt on the way out. I'm not sure what that meant, but okay. She does this periodically. Yeah, she occasionally gets butthurt. If I did that every time that she said something to me, I'd never be here. <laughs> well, this isn't this isn't the first time she's done that. We criticize well, Bob, her because she's an independent. It's true. I've always thought of independence being people who can't make up their damn minds. Well, when I started voting when I was 18 many years ago, my philosophy was I'm going to vote for the best person. The only trouble is over the years, the best person never seemed to be a Democrat. I mean, take my guns, believe in abortion, um, you know, give away to China, uh, give away to Iran. Uh, There's just a lot of, you know, basically very socialistic and communist leaning. And uh, this evening before this started, somehow or another, our TV got on uh, CBS. 60 Minutes was on. And Obama was being interviewed. And my sister said... My sister said, get off of there. He just he, He's making me too mad. I said, no, no, we need to listen. And my only comment on Obama's interview on 60 Minutes was, it would be nice if you could take and tape his presentation and then by subject or topic by topic, rebut it. Because almost... Everything he said was a lie. And how he criticized Trump, didn't do anything divisive. Um, you know, we need to uh, to have democracy work like it should. We need to be able to communicate to the people better. 
Well, let's see. The fake news. It was. It, it would be. It could be an interesting discussion to sit down with Obama and have him make one of his comments, and then ninety-eight percent, ninety-eight percent of what he said could be factually rebutted to the complete. I wouldn't office. sit in the same. I wouldn't sit in the same state. But listen, that's what Democrats do. He came on the other day, and he again said, there's no such thing as voter fraud, even though I won by voter fraud two terms. There's no such thing as voter fraud. It would be a disgrace to our democracy. Well, I think Biden probably made another one of his gaffes, but in one of his statements here lately was we have set up the most efficient fraud, and, and I'm getting the words mixed up, but basically he admitted that the Democrats had set up the most efficient voter fraud organization ever set up. Now, surely he did not mean what he just said. might be the truth, but... I mean, sorry. Go ahead, Barb. I'm sorry. No, you're okay. Well, I didn't hear him say that, but because he's always, even in 2016, he said that, you know, there's no evidence of voter fraud. Well, you talking about Obama? Yeah. Well, first of all, That's all you have to do That's a, all you have to do is look at Harry Reid. Harry Reid actually went on several programs, and they're like, look, the stuff you told about your opponents were lies. He goes, we won, didn't we? And they're like, yeah. He goes, well, that's all that matters. And that's how Democrats operate. And um, I'll give you an example. Cunningham in North Carolina against Tillis, Tom Tillis. Okay. The Democrats had this wonderful little narrative spun that was a great big lie. And it wasn't until one of those women decided, okay, I'm not going to have myself run through the mud. And listen, I'm going to tell you what Cunningham did. I've seen it happen before, and I know exactly what he did. He promised, he promised her that if he won, she's going with him to Washington and all this stuff, okay? And most likely what happened is a staffer, come, a staffer was told to deal with the situation, told a fixer, and she didn't like what was about to happen to her, so she leaked it to the media, okay? And they reluctantly picked this up after not one, not two, but three, but I guarantee you the DNC had a story ready to go that was all baseless and all lies. And the media even tried to help them out because, listen, in North Carolina, I looked at all the local media outlets there to see how many times they covered this story. The only media outlet that even remotely touched it was the Roanoke media outlet, Okay. And for those of you that don't know about Virginia, Roanoke media area covers most of western 
uh, Virginia, which is very Republican. They tend to lean that way too um, on several of their networks. And so some of the networks covered it in that media market, some didn't. And then when you come into the East Tennessee market, uh, because East Tennessee market, WJHL, CYB, uh, some of the uh, some of the others up there, uh, they covered it because it went into Western Virginia. But other the other half of the state, or the more populous part of the state, running outside the district, um, Prince uh, George County, or, or Prince William, Prince George County, and Fairfax County, they didn't hear nothing about it because it wasn't covered. And why? Because they were trying to control the narrative because they felt that if they had this wrapped up in a bow and it was the women's fault, then uh, Cunningham would win. Now, like like Tom Tillis or not, and I'm, I'm not really a huge fan, um, the truth of the matter is that Cunningham would have been worse, number one. And number two, um, I will tell you, Mitch McConnell would have got him. Mitch McConnell would have called him ethics, and they would have voted his ass out. They would have expelled him from the Senate. And then, which I'm actually, I'm, I'm about willing to think, or about willing to bet that that's what they wanted, because then they could put Terry McAuliffe in as senator with Mark Warner. Which, by the way, Mark Warner actually wasn't a bad guy. He's he's become a gigantic ass since he became a senator. But when he was governor over there, he actually wasn't such a bad guy. Didn't like his policies, but he wasn't as liberal as the guy is now. So, you really think Biden's going to get this? Um, yeah, I do. I, I think the avenue... The, the avenue in which to challenge a lot of this is over. He cheated. He didn't win legitimately. Listen, I never said he, he did. He cheated. Listen, I never said he did. I'm just telling you that here's the problem with, with our current process. I just I just can't believe you're going to roll over and allow this nitwit and the whore to take over. Well, I don't think they're rolling yeah. over. I just think they've got I just think they've got a tough road to hope. Okay? And well, I don't think What about taking it to the house? That's the last thing I heard that Trump is going to let the House decide? Well, the House has no authority unless um, they can get Biden's electoral count down to 269. But you said last week that the legislatures and all the electors would vote for Yes. And uh, Wisconsin, Michigan, and Georgia have all come out and said they will not order the electors to vote for Trump. 
Well, that Michigan's because of that damn governor. The governor has no authority over the state legislature. The state legislature is run by the public. Well, I said earlier that I thought this was being fought the wrong way, and I still believe it's being fought the wrong way. Pennsylvania's refused to count. Recount. Well, Pennsylvania is about to be by the Supreme Court to throw out a shit ton of ballots. How would you have thought it? How would you have thought it? Hang on just a second. Um, If it were me, and I was I was the one behind it. Um, there's a few things I would have done. One, I would have I would have went into Michigan, Wisconsin, Arizona, Nevada, Pennsylvania the the week before, and I would have had teams on the ground, which they don't have or they didn't have. That's number one. Number two, um, I would have uh, had made sure that our observers were there all of election day. When they were being refused, I would have went to court right then. There would have been no waiting. There would have been no couple of days. Our would have been in court right then but the democrats weren't allowing they weren't allowing the observers to within six feet of them how can you tell if somebody's doing something the right or wrong way if you're only six six or six feet away you can't but the thing is is that republicans waited too long okay that's what i'm trying to tell you Matter of fact, what had been standard up until, well, 2016 or 2018 and 2020's elections is that both parties had people at every location in every state. Okay, because the biggest thing that everybody needs to understand here, and I know it's complicated for some people, especially those of you from Rio Linda, is that. There is not one election that happens on election night. There are 57 elections that happen on election night. Okay? There's 57 elections that take place. Okay? Now, and you have governing laws, I think it's 54 different governing bodies that oversee those 57 different elections, 
And so one is left to wonder, you know, as much as I, I'm not thrilled about the feds getting involved with our electoral process, my question would be, is maybe just maybe the Congress ought to look at not nationalizing the election, but giving some kind of national standard to the election. So let me give you an example. In Colorado, you're not required to have an ID when you show up to vote. But in Georgia, you are. Okay. In California, you can register the same day. Versus in Tennessee and Arkansas, you cannot. Okay. These are things that need to be addressed and looked at and dealt with in some sort of fashion. Okay. Now, I'm not saying they have been, not saying they haven't been, but I know that we need to take a look at that stuff. Well, I know we have. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. I was going to say in that bill they passed back in May, they want nationwide ballot harvesting. They want to do away with uh, do away with um, voter ID and signatures. They want to completely restructure the whole, you know, and eliminate the Electoral College. That's in her bill, and that's why Trump wouldn't sign it. Why McConnell wouldn't bring it to the floor. So, but you can't tell people that because they don't believe you. All right. So, well, it's, this all comes back to education and teaching people, okay? And that's something that both parties, both major parties have failed to do. The media has failed to do it. And truthfully, people that are in the know about politics have failed to do. Because I'll be honest with you. The, the best voter that, um, that you have is a dumb one from a political strategist perspective, okay? And I know that some people are like, what the hell does that mean? But, um, yeah. So that's just, I guess that's kind of the way it plays out right now. Oh, anyway, all right. So I need to address address one last thing before we bid everybody adieu for the evening. A couple of things. One, there's been some comments and questions. 
about the pages and proving what and blah, blah, blah. Let me be very clear, okay, about a couple of things. Number one, the Stand with Trump page has uh, 5,400 members, I think. Somewhere around there is a 53 or 5,400. Anyway, whatever. Um, there are six administrators, I believe. Myself, Amanda, Barbara, Jill, Mark, and Tammy. Any one of those administrators have the authority to do, um, to add to the page, take away to the page, um, because they've been given that authority uh, for various reasons. There are some things that are exceptions, and they uh, reach out to me, or we confab and come up to a consensus. Um, but the administrators are in there. The only thing they don't have the authority to do at this moment is to block somebody. They need to, you know, come to me with that. But other than that, they've got everything that they can do. Um, so I need to address the QAnon thing. And the QAnon thing is, is very important. Okay? And I'm just going to be as clear as day with QAnon. Okay? First of all, y'all are a bunch of freaking idiots. Okay? You're boneheads and absolutely nothing that you guys are spouting is true. None of it. Okay? I don't like Tom Hanks' politics, not for one minute. But that man is not now, nor has he ever been a pedophile. Okay? And you are idiots if you think that he is. He is a member of a group called Scientology. And as much as I despise Scientology, one of the things they do not tolerate is pedophilia. Okay? And Scientologists are pretty adamant about their, their business. Okay. Um, also, there's a lot of people that's been around Tom Hanks that are good people, politicians that have been around Tom Hanks and interacted with Tom Hanks, and nothing. Okay. So you QAnon morons. Yeah, I get you want to go against the pedophiles. I get that, and I, listen, I support that. But this thing about secret ballots and all these watermarks. Every frickin' paper ballot has a watermark. It's not a big secret. They're on there. And do you know how easy it is to put a watermark on a piece of paper? I have an Adobe program that I can do that in about 30 seconds. And I can use the watermark that's on the ballot. Okay? Number two. Federal government does not print ballots. Most state governments don't print ballots. It's up to the local election officials to get their own damn ballots. Okay? Most of them use four or five different companies throughout the country to print their ballots. So this whole business about DHS, putting trackers in the ballots, you're full of shit. Okay? So stop posting that crap. There is no big surprise coming on December 14th. There is no, oh, oops, hey, gotcha moment coming on December the 14th. On December the 14th, the electors will show up. They will vote. They will seal their vote. They will not discuss it. They will not talk about it. They will not go on TV and brag about it. January the 6th, it is presented to the Sergeant-at-Arms of the House of Representatives, okay, and the Senate pro temp of the Senate, and they 
will unseal those results. They will tally those results. And if someone has 270 electoral votes, they will be certified as president of the United States. 13 days later, or excuse me, two weeks later, they will take the oath of office. If it is not, and it's 269, 269 as it were, then Nancy Pelosi, if she's still speaker, will gavel the House into session within seven days. There will be 50, and only 50, votes cast for President of the United States. It will be 28 votes for Republicans, and it will be uh, 22 votes for Democrats, equaling 50 votes. The Senate will be gaveled into session. The Senate will have 50 votes. And they will vote based on their state, each state getting one vote. In the Senate, it will be very similar. 28, 22. Mike Pence will be voted in as president. Now, if if that doesn't happen, so be it. All right. We want to thank everybody taking a moment and tuning in. We are going to shift our program to more of an educational style. I know we've talked about that and we got back into the habit of regurgitating the news. And we need to get out of that because we need to educate people. And how else do we expect them participating in a process that we don't educate people on? So that is what we will be doing. Um, So we want to thank everybody for taking a moment and tuning in with us. Remember, you've got to stand for something. You fall for anything. Freedom isn't free. Thank a soldier for without them, we wouldn't be able to do this. Thank the families of soldiers for without them, we wouldn't have an all-volunteer army. And thank the doctors, nurses, all medical workers that are on the front lines dealing with this pandemic. I'm the political superman saying, have a good night, everybody. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.